GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome again, friends and fans, to another edition of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And today, we are going back to the final frontier with six fantastic guest stars from Star Trek, the original series. And today, GalaxyCon will be donating 50% of our proceeds to the Priceline.com Hollywood Charity Horse Show, an event co-founded by William Shatner himself, which supports child-related and veteran-related charities throughout the country. We encourage you to visit horseshow.org to find out more and how you can help. And now, let's beam up today's guests. First, returning to the GalaxyCon virtual stage is an actor whose body of work includes 101 Dalmatians, Return of the Fly, and The Outer Limits. Today, he joins us to discuss the role of doomed engineer Lawrence Marvick from Is There No Truth in Beauty? Please welcome back Mr. David Franken. Hello. Hi, Patty. Thank you. It's an honor yeah. and a privilege to be here. Oh, welcome back, David. So good to see you again. Thank you, Patty. Oh, everything's well in your part of the world? Oh, yes, indeed. Hope you're safe and well, too. I am doing okay, and I'm here in Florida, where it's 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 hot and it's humid, and the 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 tourism board doesn't want anybody to know about the second part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, as always, welcome back, and it's great to see you in good health and good spirit. Thank you, Patty. Mm -hmm. And next, she is an actress whose credits include Old Yeller, a cult classic Spider Baby, and Unbelievable. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of Lieutenant Arlene Galloway from the Deadly Years. Please welcome. Beverly Washburn. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, Patty. Hello, Beverly. How are you? I'm well. So nice to be here and to see all of you. This is quite a treat for me. So thank you for including me. Oh, how could we not? And I, I just want to say, um, is it, it, is, it is so odd to think that uh, Old Yeller is a, is, is a film absolutely beloved to me. And I adore Spider Baby as well. And you just can't get more opposite than those two films, can you? <laughs> that's uh, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's putting it, putting it mildly at best. So, well, Beverly, thank you so much. I'm a great fan of your body of work. And thank oh, you for joining us here today. Thank you so much, Patty. Absolutely. And next, she is an actress and dancer whose credits include The Man from Uncle, The Rap Patrol, and the criminally uh, un undervalued series Bring Him Back Alive. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of the doomed Argelian dancer Kara from Wolf in the Fold. Please welcome Tanya Lamani. Hi, everybody. Hello. It's so exciting to see Beverly and David and you, Patty. I mean, we miss each other on these events in the Star Trek events. So at least we can say hello to each other now. Thank oh. you for having me. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. My pleasure to have you here, Tanya. Uh, again, uh, you... Uh, I guess you were the sort of, is it, is it correct to say you were sort of the, the first in every casting director's list when we said, we need a, a dancer for this scene, an exotic dancer. It's like, oh yeah, call Tanya. Would that be correct? <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's amazing how it all started from dancing. I always wanted to be a classical ballerina, but they offered, when I was 16, they offered me a job in Las Vegas to dance belly dance in a belly dance show i've never belly danced before so they threw me on stage i was running around all over the place in the chorus line trying to pick up the steps and everything so 
that's how it started. And later I had my own show in Vegas and, and then it opened the doors for me into acting on stage and in, uh, in television, movies. So I'm very fortunate. Absolutely. Well, you ha you have a natural talent, and you certainly were a fast learner. And uh, a little point uh, a lot of people now realize, uh, Wolf in the Fall was not the first time you shared the screen with uh, William Shatner. You were also in the Alexander the Great uh, pilot that he did with the great Adam West. Oh, yes. I had a scene without Adam West. It was, it was an exciting project. I was just so, so sad that it didn't go on the air. Amazing, okay? And uh, I, I do have a photograph with me and Shatner here. I'll show oh. it to you. It was from that uh, from that show. Oh, Paul, can we blow her up? Yeah, there we go. Uh, oh, yes! <laughs> Shatner was so gorgeous. I mean, I can't believe it. He was so gorgeous. When I walked in on that set and I saw this man in a little... Greek shirt. I go, who is that? <laughs> they said, that's William Shatner. He's Alexander the Great. I go, oh my God, my heart was, uh, you know, wow. I was like very young. I was, I think, around 16, 17, oh, something wow. like that. So it was a, a very interesting experience. I was one of the slave girls and mm. I had a scene with Adam West. He's amazing. He's the such a great guy. Yeah. It, 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 it was uh, it was this lost thing that we all found out about in the 80s and the 90s among the fandom. And it wasn't until the double lots when the tapes began to circulate. But my initial reaction was, wait a minute, you're telling me that there's a TV pilot with Captain Kirk and Batman in sandals and leather skirts and I haven't seen this yet? We need to fix this. So, well, once again, Tanya, thank you so much for all your contributions and thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Oh, and next, he is an actor whose credits include the cult classic The Corpse Grinders and the Star Trek, uh, uh, let's say, related film, Unbelievable. Today, he joins us to discuss the roles of relief helmsman Lieutenant DePaul and the Delta Particle ravaged former captain of the Enterprise, Christopher Pike from the Menagerie. Please welcome Sean Kenny. Greetings to all the Trekkers and all the wonderful people that attend these things. I've had great fun reminiscing on on those, even Corpse Grinders, which yeah. now I'm a cult classic. Thank you. It is. Uh, great to be here. And during this tenuous time we're all in right now, it's great to be able to have this technology to get the words and the feelings out to the wonderful Trekkers. Absolutely. Sean, absolutely so glad to have you here today. And uh, this is the obvious question. I'm sure you've been asked a million times, but I honestly have never heard your answer. So what was it like in that prop chair? Uh, the prop chair was very uniquely designed. A lot of people didn't know. The back opened and they pulled me out of it. Everybody thought, oh, it must reach up, uh, whatever. But the, the guy that designed that chair was amazing because, you know, you had to go to the loo or you had to go and eat. And I couldn't eat. I, 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 I sipped liquids for seven days. But anyway, uh, the chair was amazing. And I did all the, you know, the one you did? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they just had a little cord with a button and they said, you do it, but don't shake your shoulders. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it's it, it may be odd to say, but uh, I, I will say this. Um, 
it was a it was a solid performance. And I know other people, people who may not know acting, everybody else can say this too. But you had to stay there. You had to hold. You had to be consistent in holding that face through every take and everything else. And that makeup did not look comfortable. So uh, props to you for that performance. Thank you. Yeah, it was five and a half hours every day. And the last day, I'll make this brief. Last day, um, I'm looking, and we're all tired. I think it was eight days. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm Freddie Phillips, the makeup guy, and I'm going, uh, something's wrong here. Uh, I think the scar is on the wrong side. They go, oh, shit. We were, oh, my God. They were freaking out. They were saying $10,000 a minute for this show. Oh, my God. We would have been. <laughs> I was just too sorry. Put it on the wrong side. Uh, so five hours to take on. How long to take off? Uh, about one minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was they just practice. ripped it off. They couldn't use it again. Oh, well, there you go. All right. So, Sean, thank you for indulging my curiosity. And absolutely, thanks you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Indeed. And next, he's a stunt performer whose credits include 2001, A Space Odyssey, The Car, and Poltergeist. Today, he joins us to talk about his several Trek roles, including his most famous one, the Gorn Captain from Arena. Please welcome Bobby Clark. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? He's a uh, Paul. He's muted. Can you unmute him or is that on his end? Uh, Bobby, you seem to be muted. Um, I'll tell you what, Paul, why don't we go ahead and pull Bobby off? Let's see if we could uh, uh, fix his, his audio uh, situation. All right, folks, but we'll have Bobby back, promise. Uh, sometimes these things happen. But let me bring out our next guest. She is an Emmy award-winning actress whose body of work includes Ride the High Country, Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie, and of course, The Incredible Hulk. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of the time exiled Zarabeth from all our yesterdays. Please welcome Mariette Hartley. Hi, Marriott. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you? I am doing well in my corner of the world. Um, uh, I just want to say that uh, my goddaughters were so excited I was going to talk to you today because when they were young, I introduced them to the Halloween that almost wasn't. And oh, we, oh, we, wa we watched that uh, when, until they kind of aged out of it from about, from about four to about, about eight. That was the, one of their all-time favorites. And thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I had such a wonderful time. I brought my kids with me, too, to Arrowtown and to the castle. And uh, my, my son was a bit of a host in the hotel that we were staying in. And uh, he was fascinated with how people put in rugs. And uh, when there were some people there that were talking to him, he was very young, and they said, uh, well, why are you here? He said, well, I I'm here because my mother's here. And, <laughs> and this is this was after watching these guys putting the rugs in, right? And <laughs> what, is, what does your mother do? And he said, well, she's a witch. <laughs> I did. I played the witch in the Halloween that almost wasn't and had the most wonderful time of my life. And Judd Hirsch and... Henry Gibson. And, yes. Oh, John Shuck. John Shuck. Oh, my God. That dancing. I love yeah. that dancing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mary, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you enjoyed it as, as much as uh, me and my family did. And welcome to our forum here. And once again, welcome all of you to the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Our team is going through our chat room right now to pull out the questions for us. 
In the meantime, I just want to say thank you all for your contributions to Star Trek. Uh, it, it, is, it is a series that is, it has resonated with me my in, entire life. My mother was a fan. I became a fan. And now it's become part of my livelihood as a, as a convention professional. And all of us here at GalaxyCon, including the, the, the founder, uh, just last night we were watching old episodes and reminiscing. This is such an important part to myself and to our audience, everybody else. And just thank you all for being a part of it and, and doing your parts oh so well. Uh, I, I thank you all for your talents and I thank you for professionalism and I thank you for the performances that you all brought. Gee, all I did was stroke Spock. <laughs> <laughs> well, but don't forget, we had to cover up your belly button. That was a big deal. That's right. That was, that was very strange. I'll tell you. So, uh, what I'd love to start off with is I would just uh, love to ask this for myself. For each of you, what's been the best part about being a part of uh, the Star Trek and its history? Do any of us just jump in? or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody can go from Beverly. Right, you can right, go right, if you like. Ladies first. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I'm honored and thrilled to be a part of Star Trek. When I did it, it was the second season, and it wasn't really all that popular yet. So I had no idea that all these years later, it would be so iconic. And I have to say that the Star Trek fans are the, the best in the world. And, um, you know, they're so sweet when they come to our table, and they'll thank us for being there. And I always think, it should be the other way around that we need to thank them because without the fans, we'd have no reason to be there. And I'm just honored. I mean, I was Lieutenant Arlene Galway. I was only in one episode and I died and I wasn't even wearing red. So that wasn't there, but, <laughs> um, but yet all the fans, you know, they know every character, they know every episode, they even know our dialogue. And um, I'm just overwhelmed when People are so receptive and so warm, and I'm just honored to have been uh, to have been a part of of Star Trek. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, your character did not wear a red shirt, and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, your character also was very critical of the interior decor of the Enterprise, and especially the placement of the mirrors. There just happened to be a mirror there, right? That was right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was absolutely so. Uh, Sean, what's your? Uh, oh, first of all, Bobby, welcome back. Uh, can you hear us? No. He's still muted. Oh, he's still muted. Ah, oh, all right, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, producer Paul. Uh, if if you can bring him back, just go ahead and bring him back on, and we'll just uh, we'll keep saying hi to him until he's able to answer us back. So, so Sean, back to you. What's uh, what's been the best memory you've taken from being a part of Trek? The best memory that I have, because of playing that Pike character, I think was the the way that Gene. Well, my wife says to go with it again. There she is. Oh, there hey, he is. Bobby, we can hear you. Can you hear us? <laughs> Bobby, can you hear us? <laughs> I think that was a nod. I'm not hmm, sure. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway. Bobby, can you hear us? Maybe not. All right, um, Sean, keep going. Um, the, 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 Pike, the Pike character was a real <clears throat> incredible thing because Gene had to save. I found this out from... Uh, uh, 
I, I, be I believe it was his writing partner who came up in a wheelchair to me at one of the conventions and said, if we didn't find you, uh, we weren't going to get a second season. And I went, what? And, and he was in a wheelchair and he was a jeans writer. And I said, gee, this show and that episode I was in, you know, you didn't know how important you, you can't speak. You're sitting there and you think you're just part of the furniture. But that episode, I think, was they needed to have that done. And I just felt honored uh, playing that part later. I said, wow, that's that's incredible because it was the only part two, part one, part two, <clears> that <throat> ever yeah. did. And it was the only one where Spock disobeyed all the orders and he was thinking about his emotional tie to a man who he loved. And, and that was a real big turning point. And I didn't know it until years later when people say, you don't know that character. I mean, Gene said he, he's got to find somebody to play that character. And that to me was how much importance that was. I didn't know it until um, yeah. he, this gentleman came over to my table and that was maybe 30 years later. I, I, I believe it's been, uh, it was long ago established in canon that Spock had served with Pike for 13 years there before Kirk. And so they had a big spiraling relationship. So that's correct. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so. ah, so, uh, Harriet, what, uh, what do you remember about wearing uh, animal skins and running around in the, in fake snow? <laughs> oh, God. Well, that was hardly all I was doing. Um, of course. <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting, Sean, you were talking about that this was the first time Spock had ever um, done what he had done in, in the episode with you. But in my episode, uh, I, the truth was that I did stroke Spock. And I was very, very lonely and fell madly in love with him. And it, it terrified him. But apparently we did the deed. And yeah, um, yeah. it was obviously pretty terrific because I wanted to come back to Earth with him. And, you know, that, uh, yeah. So um, I also taught him how to eat meat, mm -hmm. um, which he had never done, apparently. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it was a very strange and wonderful thing. And by the way, I knew the minute I walked on the set, look, I'm a kid from Connecticut, for God's sake. What do I know about Star Trek? And uh, when I walked on, the minute I walked on, I knew it was it was a hit. And I think I was also in like the second episode, or the second season, second season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a fascinating, fascinating experience. Jerry Finnegan um, was the um, the cinematographer. And he did wonderful things with light, with red lights and green yeah, lights. Yeah. And, and I always say that this was when, you know, I did the Star Trek when rocks bounced against the walls when they were thrown. You know, I mean, it, it, was, it was such a bizarre experience. But it, but people bought it. They, they loved it. I also did uh, Twilight Zone, which was uh, another thrill for me because yeah. I had met... Uh, um, and that uh, Rod Serling, which is another story, but it, it's those those science fiction shows were really powerful, and I think mine was the audition for Genesis too, which I also did for Gene. Yeah, Gene. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I guess I they, they uh, nabbed me always for uh, 
Amazons. I played mm. a lot of Amazon. <laughs> Indeed. Well, and, and again, and yeah, that was an incredibly seminal episode for the development of Spock's character. And yeah, you absolutely, and you, you all, you almost got him to stay, <laughs> you know, and that was, it was, a, it's a, it's one of the sweetest uh, 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 love stories in original Trek and is still yeah. rightfully held that way to this day and incredibly tragic as well. So, yeah. and again, Kudos, kudos to you and, and your performance and and a great script. Yeah, I was very lucky. Thank you. Thank absolutely, you. absolutely. So, David, what uh, what's uh, what's your takeaway from uh, your contribution to Trek? It was the friendliest cast I've ever worked with because as I walked on the set on my way to my dressing room, George Takei walked across the set, hand outstretched, and said, welcome aboard the Enterprise. No other cast member of any show I was ever in welcomed me on the very first day of shooting. And also, I had worked with James Doohan before. Uh, on some show, James had just come down from Canada, and uh, he played the small part in a scene with me, and he said, is there much work for British actors in Hollywood? Little did he know, you know that he would be busy on this wonderful show. Like all actors, you get the script. And I, I said, let's see now. Oh, good, I die. I, die. I love Destiny. At the time, I wasn't thinking to the significance of the show. Over the years, letters, you know, and, and Zooms and ch phone chats, I came to realize the enormous significance of the show. Now, I don't know if anybody on the show today knows this, I saw yesterday that William Shatner has volunteered to literally be, go where no man has gone before. <laughs> He's going into space. Anyone seen that or heard that? Mm -hmm. That's very exciting. Uh, I, I suppose it would be something like $250,000 to pay, but I'd love to go too. <laughs> long live, long live Star Trek. Uh, oh, very nice, very nice. And speaking of uh, Jimmy Doohan, uh Tanya, that's uh, where you come on in with Wolf in the Fold. And yes, when uh, Scotty asks you to go check, compare the, the, the Aurelian fog to the Aberdeen fog. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, <clears throat> my experience started with my agent calling me and saying, you have an audition for a television show. I said, well, what's the show? He says, oh, I don't know, some star something. I go, what? What kind of a show it is, is it? He says, I don't care, just go get the job, you know? <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> Spoken like a true agent. Yeah, How right. many years later? And then once I got on the <clears> set, <throat> um, uh, they asked me to go to a makeup room. And for four days, they were experimenting me on the makeup. They had all these different color feathers coming out of my eyebrows, eyelashes, nose, from mouth, from everywhere. I kept sneezing all the time. And they kept sending me, <laughs> they kept sending me to Joe Pevney, the director. And he looked and he says, no, go back, less. And this went on for four days. I didn't care. Four days I got paid for it and I didn't care. I kept going back. Finally, he says, I want nothing. I want to see her face. And I was so thrilled. And then he was an amazing director. Mm -hmm. He's the one who 
uh, had that beautiful lighting on my face and he whispered to me how I should uh, uh, do my lines you know he encouraged me he was amazing i really really liked him mm -hmm. and of course i i i love the show because it represents so many wonderful things um there uh, the uh, they they were cast they cast all these different type of people and in those days you know it wasn't really uh very popular to have a black woman who's playing a lead and a Russian and, a, and an Irishman and so on and so forth, which was very, very unusual. And uh, of course, uh, the technology that came out of Star Trek, all these gadgets uh, that became oh, yeah. cell phones and etc. cetera, uh, it was amazing. I was I am so thrilled to be part of this show. And any time I go to any events, I have to repeat what Beverly said. Um, I always thank the fans because you know when you're doing the show, and we didn't see our fans. Nobody, we didn't know if they like us or don't like us. We don't know anything. So once we go to these events and we see them, I thank them. I said, thank you for your support. That's why we're still around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I'm very thrilled to be part of it. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. And speaking of Star Trek and his wonderful fans, we are good to go to our audience questions. So let's go ahead and roll our first one. And this is going to come from... This comes from Riot Girl 2X, who wants to know what's the funniest on-set experience that uh, you can remember, and you can you can draw upon any facet of your career. If you've got a funny story about some other film or television series, uh, absolutely, you feel free to share that as well. Uh, I've got one. I can make it brief. Um, when I was coming back to the show after Pike, I was seven days on that character. I played this young lieutenant, and I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, um, Doc and Jimmy come up, and I think somebody else came up, uh, and they said, "Oh, welcome to the show." And uh, Jimmy leans over and he says to to Doc, he says, "Oh, he's been there. Be he's been here before." Oh, what do you mean before? Well, he was the guy in the wheelchair. What? You <laughs> were the guy in the wheelchair? He said, how did, what? And they, they were blown away. And I didn't know what to say to them because I thought, oh, this, this is normal. You know, you come in as one guy and you go out and you come in as a whole other person. And uh, it was just amazing. It was just amazing that they didn't know when, like, like uh, Tanya says, when these changes are going on, you know, taking her to the makeup room for four days <laughs> or whatever. I mean, with me, you know, they, they tried and tried and tried to get the hair right. And, and the scar right and everything right. And Gene kept, oh, the ears. This is a funny one. Uh, uh, Fred Phillips was the guy with the ears for Spock. And all of a sudden he, he had tried 50 sets of ears and Gene <laughs> just came in and shook his head and went like that. This is what Freddie told me. And then yeah. he says one day he saw a show that where it was about elves and it was over at Universal. So he called the guy up and he says, you've got ears. And he said, what? Who's this? He said, no, I, I need ears. I need elf ears, but they need to go on the science fiction character. Oh, he says, and those ones I saw on the show, they look right. And he says, um, do you want me to send them over? No, I'll come over and pick them up. <laughs> and he runs over and he gets back 
and after 50 sets of beers, he puts it on on uh, Leonard or whoever. I think it was Leonard. And, and uh, Gene just comes in and he says, you got it, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's filming, you know? That's, that's yeah, thanks. I, I I've seen there. Yeah, and they're out there. The early makeup tests that they did some on ba- uh, Majel as well. She was yeah. done up as a, as an early Vulcan oh, yeah. and stuff, and yeah. very thick green makeup and whatnot. So yeah, so. I have a, a funny story. At least I yeah. thought it was funny um, when I did the Deadly Years. My character, um, as the fans out there, you know, they know every episode. Um, I'm the first one that dies of old age and it starts out where I'm not feeling well and my hearing is going. So I come into, you know, the room and, and they say, what's wrong? And I say, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't feel right or something like that. Well, I forgot my line. So <laughs> I'm talking and all of a sudden I say, I feel like hell. I can't remember my next line. Well, unbeknownst to me, that ended up on the blooper reel. And so there's a famous story, <laughs> real, and I had no idea that I would uh, I was going to end up on that. So many times when I do a Star Trek convention, the fans will come up to me and they remember that being on the blooper reel. I had no idea that I would be on the blooper reel. <laughs> there you go, and oh boy, those. I think Marriott, Marriott has one. Yeah, absolutely, Marriott. Okay. Um, well, this one was. My very first movie, which you mentioned, Ride the High Country, was Sam Peckinpah's first big film with uh, Joel McRae and Randolph Scott. And I was being produced. One of the problems when I was, um, I was, work, they were working on my costume, and I don't, I don't have any breasts really. I mean, in, in Connecticut, that doesn't matter, but. Out, out here, it really matters. I had no idea. <laughs> Sam, um, who was a bit, um, how, how would you say, was kind of a naughty guy. And I would come up to him in this dress that I had to serve dinner in. And he would whisper to the costumer, this was a Western costume. And I'll bring back memories to you guys. <laughs> and... Uh, and every time I would go back to the person after Sam had spoken to this person, my breasts got larger. <laughs> they just kept patting me and patting me, and patting me until the point where I literally, and this is not a joke, I kind of walked on a slant. <laughs> I had no idea how to walk with breasts. <laughs> so not... You wouldn't think that you need uh, anyway. uh, and this is, this is honest to god the truth so i remember seeing the scene <clears throat> and i was serving dinner that i had obviously fixed one of those horrible stews <laughs> and i was ser- serving it and all i could all i could see was my breast <laughs> it. It, it, it was the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen. <laughs> And I had by that time been acting for, let's see, well, I was 21 when I did Rise of High So I've been acting since I was 10. Breasts never mattered to people. You know, especially when I was doing Shakespeare or anything like that. Nobody, nobody came backstage and said, man, are you stacked? You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's one of my funny uh, 
That's great and and fitting for a Peck and Paw film. Oh, 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 absolutely. Uh, so, uh, David, what was uh, what was like, something funny that you recall either on the Star Trek set or maybe on on any of the other things you've done? Oh me! Oh my God! Well, yeah, uh, yes, if I may. Hello, am I buddy in? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay, Patty. Uh, it, it wasn't on Star Trek, but it was on my my first really significant part in a movie, Return of the Fly, and we were outdoor shooting in a beautiful sports car, and my only. Uh, instruction was: you're, you're the villain. You're running away with the plans. You're you're driving the sports car, hit right up to the camera. But of course, don't kill anybody. So I'm I'm thinking of all of that. And on the next set, they were shooting "Save One for Me" with Bing Crosby and Debbie Reynolds. Bing Crosby, at my age, you know, I'm 95, was my first singing idol. Suddenly, I'm waiting for instructions on "Okay, hit, hit the pedal." And suddenly Bing Crosby comes out of the set, they close for the day, walked over to the sports car, walked around it, and my idol started asking me questions about the sports car. It wasn't my sports car. It belonged to Brett Halsey, who was my, my co-star in the movie. And so I'm, I'm, I wanted to say, Mr. Crosby, could you please get the hell out of here? Because I'm focusing on not killing the crew. And, <laughs> and finally he said, hey, I think I'm in the shot, and I nodded, yes, Mr. Crosby, you are. And away he went, and I hit the hit the pedal, and I didn't kill anybody on the crew. No. That was my only meeting with my idol, and he's asking me questions about a car I didn't even know. <laughs> that was definitely the funny, funniest thing that ever happened to me. Great story. Well, 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 that's a nice Jerry Rod you got there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! So I, I had something funny. Yeah. You know, in those days, you're not supposed to show your belly, so they they put this uh, little flower or something in my belly, and the glue was so uncomfortable that every time I would do the belly roll, you know, and it would just like sting me it was terrible and then when they removed it my belly button because you know we did this uh, for a long time was red however it did not fall off now in another show that i did with elvis presley they put a, a ruby in my belly and every time i moved the the ruby would just fly off and and Elvis would just laugh. He was so great. He was such a sweetheart. He would because it was a scene with him and I, and he would singing to you know to me, and I'm dancing right. And uh, he would just make all these jokes. And this happened over and over and over. Do you know that he never left the scene? He stopped and start just making some wise remarks. He kept saying, my belly, my belly, Tanya, my belly, my belly, and other jokes, you know? But it, it, that was kind of funny. That was funny because I was so 
thrilled to see someone like him never have a fit like some of these old big stars. I've worked with a lot of incredible people and they would automatically would say, I'm going to my dressing room, call me when you're ready, you know? But he never did. So (laughs) that was kind of funny. Wow, Bing Crosby and Elvis. I'm loving this panel. This is fantastic. <laughs> and a reminder to our audience, if you would like to chat with our guests like I am now or purchase a personalized autograph, please sign up at galaxycon.com. And don't forget, 50% of GalaxyCon's uh, proceeds will be going to the Celebrity Horse Show charity. And let's go ahead and roll another one. Thank you, Riot Girl. That was a great one to start us off with. And here's one from Radio Man 970 who wants to know if anyone has a favorite particular episode of Trek. Hmm. You may, and you may pass or play on this. <laughs> Open the <a> fold. <laughs> oh, there you go. That is his wolf of the folds. Is it fair to say, David, maybe yours is, is there no truth in beauty? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Beverly, uh, the deadly years. <laughs> sure, why not? Hey, I love that episode too. That is an uh, uh, absolute great one. Uh, Mariette, uh, wow, I'm thinking all my yesterdays. That might be your favorite. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, I I found it. I I thought it was so intelligent and so moving. Um, but uh, I have to go back to the to the navel. Um, sure. Uh, when I did Genesis two, it I, it was called Genesis two because I was I had two navels. I came from another <laughs> outer space place. Yeah. That was I'm sure Bill will see it when he's up there. But um, um, I had two navels, and I they had to fit those two navels perfectly. Mm. I had to, you know how those, how those like um, um, diving boards, they're, they're not, but you know, they, they stand up straight like this and I had to stand, stand on those or lay down on it so that I wouldn't move. I had, oh, to, wow. I had to lie down on it for about two or three hours while it dried while the putty dried. Wow. You, you, Beverly, you reminded me so much. It was that, or who was it that had, the, tight, uh, yeah. had, had the navel thing? Um, oh, Tanya. Tanya, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, took, it took them at least two or three fittings for, for my navel to not move. I mean, to really be able to have it stick and to look real and for it not to wiggle and for it not to get wrinkled. Mm-hmm. We'll try to yeah. age when you have anyway. But um, yeah, it was, it was a fascinating thing. And I, I rather love doing those kinds of things for Star Trek or anything that, that Gene did because sure. there was always something interesting that uh, I had never been a part of. And uh, that was that was kind of fascinating. Yeah, if you do a gig for Gene Roddenberry, you're in for an interesting time. 
Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Sean, bring us home on this. Uh, do you have a, a favorite episode? Well, I liked A Taste of Armageddon because Ooh. at that time when Gene told me about it, I, I kind of questioned about the script and what it, he says, well, we can have a freaking war out there if we're not careful. And this was the time when the Russians and uh, us were like, like this, right? And so Gene having, and his wife and I, became friends and he told me, he says, he's so anti-war, you know, he fought in World War II and then he uh, did this and this and that and he crashed two times in his plane. He became a safety officer. And when he interviewed me, he said, where were you stationed? And I said, uh, I was in Okinawa and Naha. And he says, I bombed that base. It was, mm -hmm. it was a, a Japanese base. I said, yeah. And so then I got the drift about, and he said, where else were you stationed? I says, I was in, um, rice up, up in England and then uh, we were spying on the Russians. He said, what were you? And I said, we were microwave outfit and I had a top secret clearance at the time. And he said, well, I hope we don't get there with them because I don't like them. He didn't like the Russians. And yet he told me that when I finished with, with my role, he says, he said, task called me and I, I got to put a freaking Russian in here. And that's when he put, you know, check off. Yeah, but yeah. And, but Walter and, and, and I had to go, I had to go. But he wrote letters, and I had four more shows right after that on different series. But getting back to the anti-war with Armageddon, when he when he helped write that with whoever wrote it, Jack, I think John Black wrote it. He says we got to take war and put it on the real back burner. It should never happen again. And that's when I understood that his wife told me that Gene had all this stuff happen in World War II. And so, it, and, yeah. and being an LA cop and see what he saw in his life came out in Trek. Okay. You didn't think it did because he had all the writers, but man, it came out. It came out. Wow. Yeah. That's being my That's my favorite. It was, a, it was a pinnacle taste of Armageddon, I think. It, uh, it hit him on. And you raise a very good point about Gene that I always admired because yeah, as, as a serviceman in, that great war and and a police officer he saw kind of the worst of us he did and he did. but and so and and so he created something to try to represent the best of us and what we could someday hope to be yeah he and did. absolutely and that was a great question thank you on that one let's see if we can go out we can we go out for one more let's see if we can go out on a really fun one and this is gonna come from from dante who wants to know Hello. If you have a favorite sci-fi book, show, or movie. And if not science fiction, what's your favorite book, show, or movie of any genre? Them. <laughs> One of the best science fiction movies I ever saw. Ants, ants everywhere. Them. <laughs> Them, okay, yeah, absolutely. Well, my favorite, you betcha. Them. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that was that. That kind of kicked off the the giant monster atomic age stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes, yes. But I saw one and I remembered it so well, and they tried to remake it, but I don't know. And David would probably know about this because it was it was a Brit film, but it was the Village of the Damned. Oh no! Oh. Yes, good oh, film. God. Yes, just terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When those yeah. kids all were the same, and I mean, oh. whoa, George Stevens, who was the, the actor? George, George Saunders. Yes. 
brilliant. I'm still getting a chill from this thing, man, because they tried to remake it, but it hit you in black and white. When those kids came walking together, and I mean, what a script that they were all born at the same moment. Everybody in the village, women were pregnant. I mean, who thought of this script? And I lived lived in England for two years and I would pass villages and I'm saying, oh man, wow. I wonder if this is where they filmed that, you know. And all the kids were blonde, weren't they? Yes. Yes, they were all blonde. Oh, like albino, albino people. Yeah, yeah. They all had no expression. <laughs> yeah, and they, kind of, and they read your mind. That's what was so crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, based on the book The Midwich Cuckoos, and uh, it was adapted. Ooh. And yeah, it's it's it it is a chilling classic. And you're right. Even though I I love John Carpenter, his remake there was no. something missing. I think it was just the simplicity of the black and white and the visuals. Yep. I think very much so too, but uh, yeah, great choice. So, my opinion. Who's I it? loved uh, War of the World. Oh, fabulous! Uh, what a incredible that original one, not yeah. the remake. Yeah. Yeah. The right. original right. one. I really liked that. It was yeah. so scary, and the way they presented it on the radio, where <laughs> we all were listening on the radio, the end of the world. You know, yeah. that was very yeah. clever. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Orson Welles. We hope you've enjoyed this Halloween prank. <laughs> yes. Uh, very much so. Uh, Beverly, you got a, a a favorite from any genre you'd like to share? Um, oh gosh, um, there's so many wonderful ones. I mean, the movies today are, of course, a lot different than the old ones. And I was fortunate enough to be part of Old Yeller, which is considered one of the top ten movies of Disney. And um, I'm grateful for that because I'm a huge animal lover. So being able to work in a movie with a dog was a, a real treat for me. So um, I have to. And Shane, you know, I was so young when I was in Shane, which was directed yeah. by George Stevens. I was eight years old. I was one of the Lewis children, but I was really too young to appreciate. You know, I didn't know who George Stevens was or I didn't know who Frank Capra or Cecil B. DeMille, you know, people that directed me. I was too young to appreciate it. So it wasn't until I became an adult that I realized really just how blessed I am to have been directed by icons like that because I had no clue as a child. Yeah, yeah I had that same experience when I was working with Joel McRae and... Um, as again, you know, I say I come from Connecticut. We had one movie theater in Westport, Connecticut, and not a lot of westerns. I was much more interested in, uh, you know, the Red Shoes and things like that, mm-hmm. which to me is one of the great films. But um, I remember working with Joel, not having met him, and Randy, not having met either one of them, and. Sometime now we'll watch it on TCM, which I watch all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to my favorite movies basically are black and white. I just yeah. there's something so astonishing about the pure black and white, the old Criterion um, black and white. But um, 
I remember when, when Sam died, and um, there's so many things that flash through your mind that happened when we were all sitting at the memorial service. And I was sitting next to Jason Robots, all people, who I didn't. Wow. And there was a line in Ride the High Country that still gives me chills. And that is when the two guys were, who were by this time, you know, they're both past, I think. Um, they, were, they were riding on their, on their horses and the music was incredible. And Randy was trying to really literally rob uh, Joe. And he turned to, to Joe and said, is that all you want in your life? You just, you just want to walk around and, on your horse and do good? <laughs> and a great line for me was, was Joel's line, which is, all I want is to enter my house justified. And, oh my God, I'll never forget the line. So when I walk, walked up on stage to speak for, um, for, uh, for Sam, that was what I quoted. And these old scripts are so astonishing. Mm -hmm. yes. They have such meaning. They come so much for people's hearts that uh, I was very grateful to have come to Hollywood in 61 when I did and to stay here for as long as I have because I've, I've met it's an astonishing very, very well-known actors and really wonderful actors and actors. I met and worked with um, Mary Astor. Wow. And I I will never forget that as long as I live. So, um, yeah, so many, oh. so many stories. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. Dante, thank you. That was a great question. And unfortunately, GalaxyCon viewers, this has been my time with the guest stars of Star Trek, but they absolutely did not have to be yours. If you'd like to chat with our guests like I have today or purchase a personalized autograph, please head over to GalaxyCon.com. And while you're there, please check out our schedule of upcoming events just like this one. Panelists, this has been an, an absolute delight. Any final words for our audience before we take our leave? I just want to say thank you. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who's tuned in. And we so appreciate all the fans and your love and support. And I'm grateful to have been a part of this today. Thank you, Patty. Thanks to all of you. It's so good to see the rest of you here on the panel. And everybody stay safe. And thank you. Great honor. Great honor for me. Thank you all so much. You're wonderful, wonderful colleagues. Thank you. Thank you. You're here. Thank you. And my husband. In all different ways. Thank you. Thank you for our wonderful legacy that you've given us to yes. experience. Thank you. Absolutely. So my, it, my husband and I have written a, a, an independent film that is a comedy, a romantic comedy about old people dating. And. Um, <laughs> It'll be coming out soon, so take a look for it. It's called Our Almost Completely True Story. So it's oh, wow. <laughs> great title. Yeah, well, you can't tell your whole true story. I mean, it's, <laughs> um, but anyway, it's uh, it's gotten some wonderful response. And just keep an eye on it. It may be either Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or one of those. So keep That's an eye on it. We 
absolutely look forward to seeing that. Oh, that is fantastic. Panelists, this has been absolutely Once again, thank you all for joining us at the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Thank you to our audience for joining us today. And thank you for those great questions. We hope to see you all again soon. And please visit horseshow.org and find out how you can support those in need. And we hope to see you all again soon. Until then, bye-bye, everyone. Take care. And remember, smiles are free, so spend them often. <laughs> thank you, Patty.